Hello, 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 and welcome back to another Fluently Forward podcast episode. Wow, guys, um, today what we're talking about is the Call Her Daddy Girls from the Call Her Daddy podcast. And I started listening to the podcast pretty much like in the early days. Like I think I hopped on at like episode 10. So I had been a fan for a while. I also love vlogs. So I had just kind of like watched their vlogs when they came out. I had followed both of them on social media. Um, I was pretty up to date with everything that happened. And of course, when the big podcast drama split, which I think interestingly enough, I've talked to some people on Instagram and they're like, that's how I actually found out who the Call Her Daddy girls were was because of that huge podcast breakup drama. So I think it's interesting, so much to talk about today, but I think it's interesting that that's how people discovered their podcast. I think both girls are incredibly interesting and I want to do a segment kind of later in the podcast where I talk about each girl individually um, rather than talking about them together. But the first thing I want to do is go over all of their vlogs. So everyone knows the podcast, everyone knows their Instagram account, but what I think a lot of people don't know is that they would do these vlogs on YouTube on the Call Her Daddy channel, and it was just, I always found them very, very fun to watch because they lived together, they were best friends, they did the podcast together. Looking back on it now, that probably was a pretty big problem and a reason why the podcast ended the way it did. But if there's one thing that you cannot deny about these girls, it's that they have crazy chemistry, like crazy fantastic chemistry. And I did a TikTok about this previously, just kind of about how I think the success of the podcast, it wasn't that they were talking about sex. It wasn't that they were dismantling the patriarchy, whatever that means, which by the way, can I just say, I hate when people say dismantle the patriarchy. The amount of times that people have used that phrase and the patriarchy is still standing, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I think people should say instead that they're chipping away at the patriarchy or something like that. But anyway, I don't think a podcast about anal sex is going to dismantle the patriarchy, but whatever. Anyway, I don't think it was how raunchy or gratuitous the podcast was. I really think people tuned in for the relationship that these two girls had. They were so funny. They played off of each other so well. And even just watching their vlogs, I also feel like a crazy person right now. I have like all of these notes around me with um, timestamps of like clips to put in. And I've been consuming so much of their vlogs over the last 48 hours. Their faces are like burnt into my brain. But it was incredibly enjoyable because the way that they get on, and I know that some people are like, I'll get into the general criticisms, but some people were always like, Alex was always interrupting Sophia and she was the ringleader and Sophia was the sidekick. And I don't know, you just see in the vlogs that they play off of each other very well. And there's some sort of comfort in listening to two people have a conversation and one person can finish the other person's sentences or one person references someone they go in high school and the other person chimes in with like, oh my God, he was the worst. Um, I subscribed to the Celebrity Memoir Book Club Patreon. I did an episode with them and I've also been binging their Patreon episodes because they talk a little bit more just like about their lives um, rather than just the memoir book. So I highly recommend you subscribe to their Patreon because I get the same feeling with the Call Her Daddy Girls when I listen to them talk. Like they'll be telling a story about their friend from high school. And even though I don't know the friend from high school, I find it so interesting, which also makes me a little bit excited because... I don't know. I'm like, maybe one day should I talk about my life on here? Like, would people find that interesting? I always think, no, people just want to hear about celebrities. But there is something weirdly hypnotic about just like listening to someone talk about themselves. I don't know why. I just get a kick out of it. Okay. So I'm getting off topic. Let's go back to the Call Her Daddy vlogs. So I took little timestamps of like, I don't want to call it evidence because I already sound creepy doing an entire podcast on these girls, but I took little timestamps of like quotes that came out to me throughout these vlogs. And I think that there's a couple different categories. So the first snippet of quotes that I want to show you is just like showing examples of how I think that these two girls played so well off of each other. I think that they were just so... I don't even know. They were just a perfect, perfect balance for each other and a perfect match. And it is kind of sad to watch the vlogs now because I think anyone who still keeps up with these girls separately, you know, Alex has the Call Her Daddy podcast and she's out in LA and Sophia has the Sophia with an F podcast and she's in Utah. And the lives that these two girls lived were so intertwined. Like I said, they lived together. 
they work together, but it's also the smallest things. Like they go dress shopping together. They look for snacks together. They're at the airport together and Sophia is getting Alex's sunglasses out of her hair. And it's just like, I cannot even fathom how hard this breakup was for them. You know, putting, putting the media and the public aside, they were really in every single aspect of each other's lives. And for them to be that close for that long, and I feel like, you know, up until this deal happened, I feel like they weren't even really getting sick of each other. And I know that the girls mentioned that there was a little bit of tension with Sophia's boyfriend, but it just, to me, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't really know what the whole uh, twin, twin flame thing means, but I kind of get that vibe. So before we get into some of like, I don't know, the bitchier stuff or going over the typical critiques that people have with these girls, I just want to pull out some of the highlights of them like getting on well together because I just really enjoyed seeing these two girls interact and I just want to surface some of those clips right here. We made it to Cabo. It was a complete disaster. We just had like a little bit of a situation. <laughs> you say a little bit of a situation, I say complete disaster. What is your favorite time of year? Christmas. I gonna say that it will be like the middle of august and sophia or i will be like i wish it was christmas it's just such a great time do i wish i was closer to my wife a little bit do i wish do i, I could... wish i could grasp her hand or <laughs> I didn't see stroke my her stroke her leg hi <laughs> Hello vlog. Is it a man? Oh, it's a man. The sexiest man alive. Look at our apartment. A 10 out of 10 sex machine on the phone. It's a Tuesday. No, it's not a Tuesday. It is a Wednesday. It's a Thursday. It's a... Are we okay? Okay, now... Now let's kind of get into them falling apart and some pieces that you can pick up throughout the vlogs. So obviously the girls had their friendship end because of a decision that they didn't agree on with the podcast. Alex wanted to stay with Barstool. She wanted to finish out the contract, get the IP for Call Her Daddy and leave. Sophia wanted them to go to another network so they could start making more money immediately. And I think now we all know that Alex kind of did the right move because a couple years later and she has a 60 million dollar contract with spotify um and of course you know i like the sophia with an f podcast but it uh we'll get into how each podcast is different now but let's just say it's nowhere near a 60 million dollar spotify deal but along with the differences that the girls had on where the podcast should be going there was also this idea of suit man that kept coming up which was sophia's boyfriend and basically Alex said in her The Truth About Call Her Daddy video, as well as her The Funeral podcast episode, she kind of alluded that her and Sophia were drifting apart before this uh, battling of ideas about the podcast. Basically that Sophia was getting into this kind of codependent seeming relationship with Suitman and that Alex wasn't a fan of it and she didn't think that it was a good relationship. Alex references some stories um, in the video and in the podcast, and I think that every girl, your heart kind of goes out and really empathizes with Alex in this moment, because I think we've all had friends where you know that they're dating someone toxic for them, and you can't really do anything. You know, I'm always of the mindset that like, even if your friend is dating the worst person in the world, you can't say that to their face because it's just going to make your relationship with your friend worse, and they're going to still keep dating that guy. So... I remember there was a story Alex told about how her and Sophia went to LA to be on a bunch of podcast episodes and Suitman was also in LA for like work, but you know, it was kind of creepy that he was there. And there was one moment where like Sophia, after getting her hair blown out, like ran into the car to go see him or tell Alex that she was somewhere else when really she was going to go meet up with him. And it just had toxic relationship written all over it. That being said, we're only hearing one person's viewpoint, but... I thought it was really interesting going back through the vlogs to see what they were saying about Suitman because anytime they reference a boyfriend of Sophia's, you know now that it's Suitman. So check out some of these clips. There's a podcast episode called The Harvard Investigation where they're talking about how they both find him creepy when Sophia first met him and how they just thought that he was giving off like serial killer vibes and, you know, they just wanted to check it out. So listen to this. Sophia's dating. 
great like guy, but there's a lot of things like that are kind of not lining up. I was pretty much convinced that this guy was a full-on con artist going to murder me, kill me. Well, I still he's, think he is. Well, I think he's still going to he do that to said her. That he we went, haven't disproved that. Yeah, no, he no. said he went to Harvard. I just had like a moment of clarity and I was like, no, he fucking didn't. So I found my friend Riggs who went to Harvard and I made him sign into the portal and start this investigation and pretty much... He we looked him up. Know. I mean, he's we on. Really We're not going to. So Sophie and I thought that he was like photoshopping his wait, degree because he has it in his apartment. And so he was like, what if he just photoshopped it? Classics. So now we have Can the Harvard man himself. We got into the portal and he did go to Harvard. Now, another interesting thing that I noticed in watching all of these vlogs until my brain turned to goo and all I could see were these girls' faces were a couple different themes. So maybe Suitman is creepy. Maybe he's got, you know, a little bit of weird vibes. He sends Sophia flowers like all the time. And it's funny too, because these girls are only, you know, they're not daily vloggers, but in enough of the vlogs, you see Sophia getting flowers, whether they're sent to her hotel in LA or when the girls go into the new Barstool office and there's flowers waiting for Sophia on her desk. And you do see in these clips, Alex has like a little bit of disdain about the situation when she sees the flowers. And at first I was like, mm, I don't know, like, is this jealousy or something like that? I don't think it's jealousy because for as many comments as Alex makes, you know, about uh, not liking Suitman, there's also a bunch of comments she makes where she's kind of encouraging the relationship or at the very least encouraging Sophia. That being said, there were a shit ton of comments where Alex is basically saying that she doesn't want Sophia to have a boyfriend. So I'm just gonna insert some of them here so you can hear for yourself. Got like a random bathroom right here where Sophia just talks to all of her boyfriends and locks herself in there. Oh, you better take him off speaker because I'm filming. I think I should just come over. Did you just hear that? Sophia just said on the phone, I think I should come over. No, no, no. No, no, no. Alex, you're with me tonight, sweetheart. Is Sophia done with her phone call? Do you think you're going to a man's house tonight? No. Good Ew. girl. I have literally 12 boyfriends right now and it's like hard. My battery percentage goes down so fast because I'm getting so many texts. Sophia found the one and that's all that matters. And not, I don't mean by guy, I mean dress. She's not dating this man. She's seeing him, but it's casual. No boyfriends. We signed a contract with each other, within each other, before we started to call her daddy. And we were like, we have to say skinny and we can't get boyfriends. But I'm going on a date because um, research I, purposes. It's just gonna look great. I'm jealous. No, I'm not. I'm so happy. It's kind of crazy when, like, the guy you're talking to and your mom, they both call you princess at the same time. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That's disgusting. I just threw up. Never had a guy call you princess. Ew, me? I'm like the most unlovable human. No one's calling me princess. I feel like mine is more like. You're the devil or like Satan. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm going on a date. Alex, can I please talk to them? Yeah. I'm I'm going on a date. And I'm gonna find the perfect dress. I'm gonna sabotage. I guess we follow her around. Now what was kind of hard for me to decipher is I couldn't tell is Alex making you know, obviously a lot of these comments are joke, but you also know that any good joke has truth behind it. That's what makes it, you know, so funny. But what I couldn't decipher is does Alex not like Suitman for Sophia, or does Alex just want Sophia to be single? And if Alex wants Sophia to be single, does she want Sophia to be single just like her? Or is it that jealousy of like not having a boyfriend? It was really hard to tell. And I think that there was this common theme throughout all of the vlogs where it kind of seems like Alex is the one in the relationship who needs a little bit more attention, who's always the one initiating the hangout, who always wants to hang out for longer. And I think Sophia just has a little bit of this like, calm, cool, collected, mysterious, maybe even a little bit sad demeanor about her where she's like, I'm happy to spend eight hours in my bedroom all day and Alex would be the one being like, come on, knock, 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 let's go out to lunch, I wanna hang out, blah, blah, blah. I kind of got like older sister, younger sister vibes off of them with Sophia being older and Alex being younger. Um, honestly, I definitely relate to Alex. I'm always the one like bugging people to do stuff. <laughs> But I also found that interesting because part of me was wondering, okay, yeah, Alex, um, 
you know, wanted to hang out with Sophia more than Suitman left. And there's a bunch of videos too on Instagram. I remember during quarantine where Sophia would be going over to spend time with Suitman and Alex would be by herself. So part of me is wondering, you know, could Sophia have been dating anyone and it would have just rubbed Alex the wrong way because she was being left alone? Or was it Suitman that really in particular was so toxic? I also noticed kind of interesting repartee, is that how you say it? Repartee, whatever, between the girls in the jokes that they would kind of poke fun of each other at. Now, it's funny because when I first watched the vlogs, I was like, Alex kind of makes fun of Sophia a lot, and Sophia just takes it. There's a lot of Alex being like, oh, because Sophia's... I don't know, so big, and Sophia's like, okay, Alex, and like, I just, there's a lot of jokes like that, but in watching it through and looking in particular for timestamps to like collective this stuff, I noticed that they both make digs at each other, but in different categories. So Alex will typically make a lot of digs on Sophia about her being fat or gaining weight or not looking good. Listen to some of these. Yeah, what Probably like a two or a She's a 10. She's lying to everyone. What about this? Size zero. Sweetie, you are not going to put in that. <laughs> Sophia and I just get bags and bags of food midway through recording yeah. and then we just get really fucking fat. But obviously, I think the joke of it is Sophia has quite literally like the hottest body that I've ever seen. And I noticed that the jokes that Sophia would make about Alex were all about Alex's um, lack of chastity, I'll say, you know, like how Alex making a joke that Alex went to church over the weekend, but she burst into flames and things like that. And I also find that interesting because Alex has been pretty vocal on the show. Sure, she talks about raunchy things, but she also talks about how she doesn't really sleep with people until she's dating them and things like that. So just from like a psychological perspective, I was kind of interested in that. It's like, okay, is Alex calling Sophia fat because she knows she looks hot and she can take it? Or is Alex calling Sophia fat because, you know, insecurity kind of subconsciously speaks for us. And I think with the photoshopping scandals and even just the outfits that they wear, um, you know, you can see whenever they go to the beach, Alex always has a fanny pack around her stomach. Sophia doesn't. Maybe that's where the jokes come from. And on Sophia's side, you know, is Sophia saying, Alex, you're bursting into flames in church as a joke because she knows that Alex, you know, really only dates people? Or is she saying that because she might be a little bit deeply insecure that it seems like Sophia grew up pretty fast and has had a lot more sexual experience than Alex and maybe that's something she feels a way about? I don't know. At any rate, the girls aren't mean to each other. And I feel like I've seen comments on like the Call Her Daddy subreddit uh, or the Call Her Daddy snark subreddit where people are like, oh, Alex was always saying this mean stuff to Sophia. But if you watch the vlogs all the way through, for every time Alex says that Sophia can't fit into a size zero dress, Sophia will try something on and Alex will be like, that looks really good. You should try doing this with your hair. And she helps her. Like you can tell that there's just tenderness underneath it. And for every time Alex, or sorry, for every time Sophia says that Alex is gonna burst into flames, Sophia's like, and I probably would too. So you can just tell that the girls really care about each other and they're really not bitchy, which is surprising because they're so hot. And I feel like some people just think that they're hot mean girls um, when really these vlogs give like a pretty good in-depth explanation of who these girls are together. Now let's talk about one of like the drama pieces that came out during this whole scandal of the podcast falling apart. One of the things that happened was Alex took the show on her own. Sophia was quiet for a little bit, and then she released her first couple episodes of Sophia with an F. And in the beginning, she addresses the drama. And something interesting that Sophia says, which I think to a lot of us kind of came as like a newsflash or something unexpected, was that these episodes were scripted. So, you know, I think Alex does such a good job of editing the Call Her Daddy podcast that it just kind of seemed like a natural conversation but Sophia was the one saying hey look we were actually reading off of scripts and furthermore Alex had somebody helping her write a lot of this stuff and I think when you listen to the earlier episodes you can kind of tell it's a little bit more than just like naming something the gluck gluck or the cooch gobbler combo which like it's just absolute gold um but you really can tell that some of these jokes are scripted. And at first, it kind of seemed like this big newsflash that they write the episodes and like, oh my God, does Alex not have talent because they write the episodes? But in watching the vlogs, they reference writing the episodes so many different times. So I don't think that it was that much of a secret and I'm surprised that Sophia presented it that way. We're about to write an episode. So we are gonna go get coffee. Oh my God. What? And then... 
We're gonna write an episode. We're gonna write we're gonna write our next episode. All right, we're gonna go write another banger. And what I'm also surprised about too is that I do think, you know, and I've made a TikTok about this before, I think that the separate podcast, Alex with Call Her Daddy, it's not doing as well as it did with Sophia, of course. And I think that's because Alex is all hype man mentality, noises, sound effects, adding a little sprinkle on top, giving you that energy, that crazy energy boost. And Sophia is all content and wit and snappy little one-liners and sarcasm and you need the two together for a good podcast because now alex with call her daddy is all of these crazy sound effects and like no substance and sophia with an f is a lot of great substance but nothing to really excite you like i keep forgetting to listen to it because i'm just not as pumped about it as i was with call her daddy but what i find super interesting is that even though sophia was like Alex was scripted and all of this stuff. I have to say, Sophia with an F is also very, very much scripted. And I think it's a hell of a lot more obvious than it ever was on the original Call Her Daddy episodes, which to me is a little bit of a shame. I don't script my shit. I probably should. It would be a lot more organized, honestly. Like, maybe I should learn a lesson. But I think you never want something to sound scripted, even if it should be scripted. I remember when the first episode of Sophia with an F came out, Sophia was kind of giving her, like, I'm going to talk directly to you, Alex, message. And it could have been this really badass moment, but it sounded literally scripted and it kind of took away from the power of what it could have been i'm going to play you a little snippet of it here and just give it a listen and let me know if you think that it also sounds pretty scripted and actually i'm going to talk directly to you alex you were my best friend you knew what i went through with depression you knew what i went through with mental health and you enabled an enormous media conglomerate to completely destroy my life Okay, I'm just going to pause there. You can tell that it's scripted. I think it would have been a lot more powerful if Sophia said something like, Alex, I'm going to talk directly to you. You, Okay, I'm not going to put words in her mouth. I'm going to try to like paraphrase exactly what she said, but in more of a casual, less scripted way. I think it would have been more powerful to say something like, Alex, I'm going to talk directly to you. You saw everything that I was going through on a day-to-day basis, especially with mental health and depression, And you let me get bullied by all of these people and you encouraged it. Like, I just think that would sound a little bit more conversational than using the word media conglomerate, conglomerate. Anyway, let's keep listening. In fact, you participated in it. You profited from it. See, just like that, right? Like you participated in it. You profited from it. You can tell that it's scripted. I think it would be more powerful if she said, you were a part of it. You helped people do it and you made money off of it. You made money off of how sad I was. I don't know. For someone who advocates for therapy, your mother who is referenced endlessly, a licensed therapist, you still have the audacity to enable an entire hate campaign towards someone who has helped you in your lowest moments. If the roles are reversed, and I have thought about this a million times, I could have never done that to you. Ever. Actually, I'm getting chills. I will admit that shit's pretty powerful. But um, anyway, it's it's not just with the first episode. I think you can tell it now. And people are talking about it in the forums. You know, the, the new Sophia show definitely seems very scripted, which is funny because in this whole breakup, she kept saying, Alex, maybe you did the editing. Alex, maybe you did the brand. Alex, maybe you did the social media. But I was the wit and I was the content and I was the talent. And you know, I see hints of that in her new episode, or sorry, her new podcast, but it is funny that it is all scripted, and I just think it's the nature with anything that's scripted, you expect it to be 10 times better. So a little bit about me, I actually was trained in comedy in college, and I ended up uh, graduating from this second city, like six month program called comedy studies, where you're trained by the best comedians in the country about improv and stand up and things like that. And I always, always preferred doing improv comedy over than uh, rather than stand up because I just think the stakes are so much higher with stand up. Like if you put on a bad stand up performance, you have no one to blame but yourself because you 
you can write a script so it should be fantastic whereas improv it's just the heat of the moment and maybe people didn't mesh that well on stage and you'll try it again next time okay i'm at the 20 minute mark but some people have actually said that they want longer episodes so i think i'm gonna end it and not that it will matter to you but i think i'm gonna end it here for today and then tomorrow i'm gonna continue on and do a section about Alex in particular and how I think she kind of reeks of this whole like pick me girl not like the other girl syndrome and then I think we're going to talk a little bit about Sophia and um, then I also kind of want to touch on what's going to be happening in the future because certain blind items have been suggesting that the two girls are going to get back together so uh, to me it'll be a day but I'll just see you guys in a couple seconds okay Good morning, everybody. Uh, I hope everybody's feeling well-rested and got a lot of sleep. For you, it might have been a couple seconds. For me, it was a good eight hours. But it is now the next day, and what I want to start off talking about is Alex Cooper. So I wrote a blog post about Alex two years ago, and it was called Alex Cooper and her quest to be not like the other girls. And I feel like when people critique Alex, at least like on the forums that I visit on Reddit, which... I have to be honest, like everybody loves a good bit of snark, but my favorite type of snark is well-placed snark and deserved snark. And I just want to say that I think the people on that subreddit take it way too damn far sometimes. Like I agree, trust me, that Alex has some annoying and like, I hate to say the word problematic, but like, I don't know, problematic things that she does. That being said, like She does not look bad in every single photo, you know, like people on there. It's like the minute she posts something, if you are someone who is on that subreddit and you have Alex Cooper's notifications turned on and anytime she does anything, you find something wrong with it and put it on the subreddit or like you say that, I don't know, let's say her face looks bad or if her face looks good, then you're saying that her body looks bad or if her body looks good, then you're saying that her outfit looks bad. To me, that is mental illness. Like you have a problem. So (laughs) as hard as I can be on Alex and like, I'll get into some of my critiques, like she's not, she's not the devil incarnate and there's not every single thing wrong about her. And I just find that really annoying because if you're going to critique someone, you can't just say that you don't like them and then everything's wrong. Like, Alex does a lot of fantastic things. So before I get into Alex not being like the other girls, let me talk about some of the stuff that I love about her because there's a lot of things I really like about Alex. First of all, we would not have this podcast if it wasn't for her. She has the startup like ambition that I think not a lot of people have. And I think influencers get so much crap, but you really don't see a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. I know myself, like I was blogging for three years um, and on TikTok for a while before I popped up. And I know that Alex was trying to be a vlogger for a really long time and pushing out this content on her own before anything happened with Barstool. And you could say it's pretty privileged or it's the fact that she was talking about sex or it's connections but also like she clearly clearly is very ambitious and has a lot of talent and if I had to pick sides you know I think picking sides is stupid I would say that I think Sophia I don't know if she's funnier I appreciate her humor a little bit more because I think it's a little bit more sarcastic and deadpan and witty but Alex is also really really funny in her own right even in some of the clips that I pulled from the vlog like sure when she's making fun of Suitman, calling sophia princess and sophia's like you've never been called princess before and alex goes no they usually call me you know like devil or satan or something like that like she is funny and even if some of the stuff was scripted she is not scripted in her vlogs she's not scripted online she's not script well if she is scripted and call her daddy now obviously milf hunter isn't writing her stuff and she can still be very funny so props to alex now that being said let's get into some of the critiques because like i said i wrote this blog post two years ago called alex cooper and her quest to be not like the other girls because alex is very very funny in her own right but i see a lot of the times her making jokes at the expense of women and look like i i can take a joke i am not pc i am not out here to say that like alex is harming women with her jokes and things like that i'm just saying she does enough of these jokes that it comes across as very annoying and i think it alienates herself from women which is interesting because i'm pretty sure the main audience of call her daddy is women And I don't think that Alex hates women. Like, I do not think that she is an anti-woman person. I think that she is just 
very, very much pro-men. Because there are a lot of times where she talks about relatable things. Like in the vlogs, when Sophia was trying on a dress, she's talking about how like all girls know that feeling of when you're stuck in a dress and you know you feel like you're having a panic attack and you can't get out of it. Or in her photoshopping episode, you know, all girls have gone through the same thought process that Alex has when she's talking about photoshopping. And I remember too, there was an episode back in the original Call Her Daddy podcast where an old friend of Alex's had butt dialed her and left this voicemail on accident where she was basically just like talking shit about Alex and Alex ended up hearing it in the voicemail. And that was just like Alex, once again, like when Alex is raw and vulnerable, not saying that she needs to be like vulnerable and in a bad place all the time to be likable, but it's just when I find her the most honest and not putting on a front. And that makes her like deeply, deeply relatable to her. And that's the type of content I love. Like when she is talking about, I don't know, like trying to impress a guy, I find that relatable. When she's talking about being nervous that somebody's going to break into her house so she has the door buddy and she gets paranoid when she smokes weed that somebody's going to break in. Like I find all of that relatable and funny and 10 times funnier than the jokes she makes at woman's expense. And trust me, there's a lot of them. So the main thing that I see Alex making fun of woman for is things that Alex claims to not do herself, but she definitely does. So Alex before on the podcast has like made fun of girls for photoshopping. So then when it came out that Alex was photoshopping her photos, that's why everyone was like angry about it times two, because it was like, sure, if an influencer photoshops, you know, it's not authentic. It's putting out a fake image. It can make people upset. You know, you do have influence over people, but it's one thing to like Photoshop your photos. It's another thing if there's multiple clips of you being like, oh my God, these girls like take it way too far and these like Instagram girls doing blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you just shat on Instagram girls for like posing and Photoshopping. And like, you are an Instagram girl who's posing and Photoshopping. So Alex, I feel like is always trying to act like these girls are doing something different than her and the different thing is bad, but Alex would never do that. She's like so different from those girls. And it's like, you are not like, you are not. There are even a bunch of tweets too. Like there was one, and I reference all of this in my blog post. So feel free to check it out. The title is Alex Cooper is not like the other girls fluently forward. Um, But even just ones where uh, I want to talk about this, too, because I feel like Alex always presents herself as like a man. She's always talking like a man and viewing everything through a very male perspective. So check out this one tweet of hers. She goes, when they slide back in and you know it's because they're new bitch, a dead fish, LOL. So first of all, like (laughs) a guy is cheating on his girlfriend and you're putting the girlfriend at fault for not being as good in bed as you are. And that's the reason the guy is sliding in. It's just something where it's like, come on. Like, I just think of the lens from Sophia. And I feel like if that happened to Sophia, Sophia would put out a tweet putting the guy on blast. But Alex instead would make the tweet about how the girl isn't good enough in bed. So the guy is coming back to Alex. It helps me so much to see a picture of the bitch. And that's so (laughs) fucking shallow. And I'm sorry, but I don't give a fuck. If I can... If I can see the woman <laughs> that he cheated on me with, I like can feel usually better about myself. Why do guys always cheat with a fucking uglier bitch? There's also all of these, you know, TikToks and content that Alex will put out that just reminds me of Vine back in the early days. You know when like King Batch and Logan Paul would be like, oh my God, like girls getting a coffee drink. And they're like, oh my God, pink frappuccino, ha ha ha. And it's just this caricature of what a woman is. And it's them poking shit at it for being so womanly when you watch those Vines that the guys make and it's like boy humor. And you watch it and you're like, I don't know any fucking woman like that. Like you're making fun of a caricature of a woman that doesn't exist like have you met a woman before we're not like that and that's why I find it so annoying sometimes too I have another blog post about this when guys are like oh you know what like you're not like other girls like you're pretty different from other girls and it's like okay have you met other girls or are you just thinking of like a Hollywood caricature of a Barbie doll woman because like every girl is it just uh, anyway hold on let me just read some of the stuff that Alex says so she has a TikTok where she goes behind the scenes of every girl during a breakup and she's like shoving bread into her mouth or she goes every girl drunk at the end of the night and she's like shoving pizza into her mouth and it's just like this idiotic trope of like oh my god a girl's shoving food in her mouth and getting fat and isn't that funny because it's a girl doing it and it's like a girl eating and it's like there's nothing funny about that you know 
And I've I've spent time like a loser <laughs> trying to think like what is it that has made Alex so catered to the male gaze in the way that a lot of women aren't like there are even clips that I'm gonna put in here from the vlog so this is her putting on her lipstick give myself some DSLs so she says like I need to give myself some DSLs like even just something like that like you can't just say I want to give myself pouty lips it's always dick sucking lips it's catered to the male gaze or this clip here where she says that she doesn't look that great but then she ends it with like this very frat boy phrase take a listen are you trying to are you going up and down on my fit right now it's I look so ugly right now I look like a I look like a boy but I would fuck her Okay, so even that where it's like, oh, I'd still fuck her. And it's just like, you don't need to talk down to other women. You don't need to talk down to yourself. I feel like all of these, uh, you know, jokes that she makes are just like frat boy Logan Paul in the early days of Vine energy. And I really just don't understand it. Like if anyone's like, <laughs> I have a boyfriend and he doesn't have nudes of other girls. Like, so Becky, you're so <laughs> fucked in the head. Like, no, he's got a folder somewhere of a hundred You're not women. looking hard enough. You're not looking hard <laughs> enough, Becky. And you see this too on the podcast episodes that she did with Sophia. Like Alex is always the one giving blowjob tips. Why are tips about sex always how to please a guy, you know? Or they'll be talking about what they did over the weekend and Alex is always the one who's like, okay, 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 like, let's get to the sex stuff. Like people are probably going to skip to that anyway. And it's like, once again, you're catering your podcast episode to men. I just feel like everything she does in life, Alex caters to men. And the joke of it is she should be like women are her audience. Women really want to connect with her, but we find it hard to connect with Alex where you'll be chugging along, listening to an episode. And then Alex will say something about how like girls who are a five really need to like suck dick well because like they don't have anything else going for them. Why the fuck do men go and talk like go and fuck around and fuck up a good thing with uglier fucking hoes and of course i get that it's a joke but here's the thing it's a logan paul early days of vine joke and everyone fucking hated him for that so i don't understand how alex is like oh well it's just a joke and it's like yeah we know that it's just a joke but nobody likes the joke nobody has ever liked this joke so stop making bad jokes if you're a comedy podcast. Like, Alex will always be like, oh, well, it's a comedy podcast. And it's like, yeah, so we need good comedy. <laughs> you know, like a comedy podcast, you shitting on women in a variety of different ways. If you're gonna have it be a comedy podcast, make it a funny shit on women. Because there is a way to do that. But everything Alex says about women is just so, so low bar. So anyway, that's my little rant about Alex Cooper not being like the other girls. But I will say, you know, I think um, I think life always speaks for itself. And it's interesting that, like, I think it's, what, a year and a half after the end of the podcast, it, you can just see how different the girls are living. Alex is in L.A., surrounded by all of these other influencers, all of these other people she could be friends with. But on Instagram, she's, like, by herself every day. She's with her boyfriend. She's with her boyfriend's dog. She was with her friend Lauren, but um, Lauren, like, recently deleted her Instagram, and nobody's seen them together for a while. And it's just crazy to me that, like, after a year, Alex hasn't really, like, made new friends, and she's just always kind of by herself. So, um, you know, compared to Sophia, who, yeah, she's down in Utah, where, like, it's not a big coastal city, but she still is like going on trips to see friends. She's made friends with other podcasters and seen them more than just once for an interview. Like they have a continued relationship. She's close with her family. She's close with friends since childhood. They're coming on the podcast and they're still friends. And I think that's just kind of the biggest piece of evidence at all. I'm not saying that Alex is toxic. I think that she's just a little bit lost. And I think anyone who had a big split that was very public with their best friend and then came into $60 million, like it's going to be very hard to make friends, I'm sure. But I just find it very, very interesting that Sophia was also a huge part of this scandal, but she has so many, so many more female friendships than Alex does. And I can't help but think that this whole catering to the male gaze aspect of her life comes into play with that. And I think when a lot of people talk about, okay, was Alex toxic? Was she a toxic friend to Sophia? I think what a lot of people reference is all of the interruptions on the podcast. And from the stories of both of the girls and ingesting all of their content over like the last three days, really, really hard. It is difficult for me to tell, okay, is Alex 
setting a good path? Is Alex the one doing all of the work? Is she the one really grinding? Or is she the one bulldozing? Is she the one not letting Sophia have her turn? Is she the one um, kicking her out of the spotlight? So it's hard to tell if Sophia is quote unquote lazy and not doing her fair share of work, or if Alex is just like pushing the boundaries even more, doing what's more expected of her and not really letting Sophia come into her own half. Hey guys, what's up? It's Alex. Welcome back to my channel. It's Sophia and it's my channel. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, so I'm going on a date. Alex, can I please talk to them? Yeah. I'm I listened to the impulsive podcast that both of the girls were on in LA, which by the way was hard because I hate that Mike Malak. Hey Big Mike. I hate him with such a fucking passion, and I think I'm gonna have to do a separate episode on him because he just really gets underneath my fucking skin, <laughs> okay? Anyway, um, but it was really hard to listen to because Alex was like, she was just interrupting Sophia on steroids, and so much of the time people are like, oh yeah, Sophia was kind of the sidekick, and I'm like, yeah, but was that because Alex kicked her to the side? And it's hard to tell. Now, that being said, I definitely think that Alex doing all of the editing work was completely unfair and you can tell that Alex put a lot more blood sweat and tears into the show than Sophia did but it's also hard to tell how much of that was stuff that Alex had to put into the show versus stuff that she didn't so in the vlogs Alex is always holding the camera Alex always starts off the vlog and she ends the vlog and at first I was like Sophia should at least hold the camera for one of the vlogs she should at least have one of these vlogs be done from her perspective since Alex does all the other vlogs 99% of them from her perspective but then you think about it and you're like okay wait but are vlogs part of their contract like do they have to do that or is it just the fact that Alex was vlogging before the deal with Barstool and it seems like she's kind of a little bit fame hungry a lot more so than Sophia so maybe it was her idea to vlog and it was nice enough of Sophia to even be in it you know I don't really know where the responsibility of the vlogs come. But what I do know is that there was a responsibility to edit the podcast and Alex was doing all of that. There were even parts in the vlogs where Sophia would reference like cutting something out of the podcast and Alex would just kind of like quietly be like, that's, you're not gonna be doing that. Let me put in this clip here. I am ashamed to tell this story Don't and I ashamed. might end up cutting this out because it's like really bad. Well, I know it's no, really, you're not really, really bad. Okay, go. So I really feel with Alex on that. I have definitely done creative things with friends before where I was doing all of the fucking work and I do not know how Alex was not more resentful of Sophia because um, let's just say I got resentful real fucking quick. So I just, I don't know how it worked out. I do think that Alex is probably a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the Call Her Daddy brand. And Sophia had said that, you know, she had asked Alex, hey, I can take an editing class. I can try doing this. I can try doing that. So it's, for me, it's hard to know who to put the blame on. Because on one side, I think to myself, Sophia should have done more. Like, even if Alex was the best at editing, she should have said, okay, well, I'm going to go pick up dinner for us because you did that. Or I'm going to do the social media stuff because you are spending the hours doing the editing. And just listen to Alex explain how long the editing process takes. To give you guys a little insight, on Tuesday night, Sophia and I are finishing editing the episodes that we drop on Wednesdays. So we usually are up until about 12 finishing it. And then we stay up until 3 or 4 a.m. seeing the reactions on Twitter, on Instagram, just checking out everyone's feels. We wake up at 7, we post on Call Her Daddy. But then we wake up at 9, then we wake up at 11, then we're up. So I find that insane. Like Sophia should have, you know, if Alex was consistent on wanting to do the editing, which it worked really well, I think the editing is a big reason why the podcast was successful. Sophia should have done something else. And it does rub me the wrong way that in the vlogs, there's only two times Sophia holds the camera and she's like complaining the whole time about how she's not good at holding the camera and like, Alex, can you do this? And like, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I'm just like, it is a G7X vlog camera. It's very, very light. It's very easy to hold up. It has one of those um, display mirrors so you can see yourself in the camera. Like, it's not, why are you making it sound like it's invading Russia in the middle of a nuclear winter? Like, it's very easy. And I also find it annoying, too, how Sophia, I think, like, everyone who was following the podcast at the time, Alex was the one on social media. Her own, Call Her Daddy. You could tell that she was the one doing all the posts on Call Her Daddy. 
And I just find that really confusing, too, because Sophia would say many times, oh, I'm so bad at Instagram. I'm like an old person on Instagram. And it's like, guess what? Your fucking job is Instagram. And it is a very, very, very easy job. I go into an office and I sit for eight hours in front of a computer and you can't find it in yourself to like post something on Instagram. I just find that wild. Like you live in New York City, go take one of those classes where they have 60 year olds come in to learn about Instagram and you take a class for an hour and you know how to use Instagram which by the way, you don't even need an hour. Like, how can you be that bad at Instagram? It actually blows my mind. If I was Alex, I would have been so fucking frustrated with like, not only am I doing all of the editing work and I was the one who created this idea and gave us this job opportunity, but like, you can't even do a story on Call Her Daddy. It just kind of reminds me of, um, what's it called? Like, I think, is it called like learned helplessness? I'm thinking about the concept that people on TikTok talk about where they're saying that like a woman does so much silent household work because even if the husband you know will load the dishwasher the wife has to be like hey can you load the dishwasher and then he does it and maybe he does it incorrectly but he never learns to do it correctly so then the wife has to be the one who ends up doing the dishwasher or if the husband does do the dishes she had to remind him to do it and that's still labor you know reminding someone to do something and asking about that so I don't know. I just, I have to say when it comes to editing and the actual work behind the podcast, I'm definitely team Alex. Okay, so let's talk about the blind items. These aren't exactly blind items, but there were two posts on Dumois referencing that these two girls could be getting back together. There was one post during New York Fashion Week that was a submission on Dumois, and I know people say like the validity of this might not be super, super valid, so take it with a grain of salt. But the first post was during New York Fashion Week, and it was saying that basically Alex was on the phone to someone in kind of like a drunken mess, and it said that it was her brunette ex-co-host. So some people were thinking, oh my god, did she leave like a voicemail? Did she talk to Sophia? Other people were wondering maybe this was Lauren, because recently after Fashion Week, Lauren's not on Instagram, and it seems like her and Alex aren't friends. So who knows what's going on there? But this is... um. Another form submission from Dumois about Call Her Daddy, and the subject says missed call, referencing the first one, and it says, word on the street is that two female podcast hosts are reuniting after the nastiest breakup. One offered the other a small cut of the large pot they now get in hopes to meet the ratings that they promised in terms for a extreme in turn for an extremely large payday. So basically that Alex is offering Sophia a little bit of money from her 60 million Spotify deal. And if they get together, then hopefully the ratings will be a lot better. People also found it very interesting that when that Dumois submission was posted, Alex and Sophia were both individually in New York City at that weekend. So um, who knows, maybe it has some truth to it, maybe it doesn't. I find it interesting because I think it's about a year and a half after the breakup And I think the girls are both doing good and bad in their own ways. Like Alex securing a $60 million Spotify deal. That is insane. Like that is the pinnacle of success. That being said, she also seems deeply unhappy right now. It seems like she doesn't really have like close friends around her. And I think that Alex is the type of person to need one close friend. Like her and Sophia were so attached to the hip and you could just see in all of the vlogs how much Alex really cared for and kind of needed Sophia. So, um, I don't know. I feel like Alex is doing well with the money, but I feel like the show is not as good without Sophia. And I feel like Alex feels very, very alone without Sophia. And on the other hand, you have Sophia who's in Utah, you know, literally living in her mom's basement with a podcast. That being said, it seems like she's still in a good relationship with Suitman. She has her family around her. She has friends without her. Her beginning might be more small and more humble, even though I think she is making a good amount of money. Um, you know, the name of the podcast isn't going to be as largely recognized as Call Her Daddy, but I don't know. It seems like she's in a mentally healthier place than Alex is right now. So my take on the whole situation, if they're getting back together, honestly, I want them to work it out. And I don't know if Sophia would ever be into that. I just listened to her um, most recent episode today, and it seems like she was really just so traumatized by everything that happened and really just thinks that Alex is just a, a pretty diagnosed narcissist and I don't think she would want to you know, get into bed with her, so to speak, ever again. Um, but that being said... 
I don't know. I just have this feeling in my gut. I think Alex is loud. I think she's brash. I think she can be obnoxious and annoying and curse too much and just always be catering to the male gaze. But I do think at the end of the day, she's got a good heart. And there are just so many tender moments in the vlogs where you can tell that Alex really, really cares about Sophia. And I think this was just a case of miscommunication with a boyfriend involved, some probably underlying jealousy that you know, Alex wasn't really talking about. The girls were separated during COVID. I think COVID made everybody a little bit crazy. And then to make that even worse, you have Dave Portnoy putting out merch and making memes, trashing Sophia and Suitman. And it just, it just seemed like an entire mess. But I really think that the way that these two girls cared about each other, I don't know. I just don't think that you can erase that in the span of a couple months. So I am gonna kind of wrap it up here um i'm gonna be definitely plugging along to see if any of these rumors come true i think it'll be very interesting to see what happens i'm also really interested in the next year like sophia with an f is it gonna take off call her daddy is it gonna continue to drop in the charts like what's gonna be going on here i am also literally obsessed with like just talking the shit about this couple so anyone who has any thoughts about anything i said are you team alex are you team sophia are you team both of them neither of them please slide in let me know um i would love to hear everybody's thoughts on this i think alex is cringe i don't think that she's evil i think sophia is actually hot as fire i really don't understand how someone can have that good of a body Okay, so for the last section of the podcast today, uh, we're going to be answering some questions that people have submitted. So for anyone who doesn't know, if you go to fluentlyfort.com, there's a section on the website, um, ask me for advice, and you can go into an anonymous question box and ask any question, any advice that you want scenario on, or if you just have suggestions for the podcast. So I was looking through, there were a couple cool suggestions about like old Hollywood blind items, which might be a future episode. And I noticed that a couple of suggestions that came in were kind of like relationship question based. So I'm bringing in a guest star, first first guest of the pod. My boyfriend, John, is going to help answer some of these questions and give like a male perspective, mm-hmm. which is usually pretty vastly different than what my advice would be. Okay. So the very first question came in. Um, It said, you've written a lot about how dating hasn't worked out, (laughs) but also about how you do date. Do you have a formula for what each date should be like? How do you manage dating multiple people at once? And what is the moment where you decide to go exclusive? Which I'd love to know John's thoughts because he never asked me to be exclusive. Would you like to be exclusive? Oh, (laughs) I would be honored. So I actually, we were talking about this and I didn't realize that I kind of do have a formula for each date it was just kind of subconscious in my head typically I think a first date should be drinks just to see like can I have a conversation with this person then I think the second date should be dinner to be like okay can I have a good conversation with this person and then the third date should be some sort of activity to be like okay we can talk but like can we interact well can we exist in the same space can we get like more touchy um and then if I'm not feeling it by then you know i would only have a fourth date with someone where i'm like oh wait i'm really excited about this person three is your max yeah three three is when i give myself time to decide you know yeah i I think that's fair i think definitely drinks for the first date and that's how we did it for ours right that is yes that's very scientific we stuck to the we stuck to the schedule um but yeah drinks dinner and and try something mix it up and if it's uh, if it's going great and you keep going on dates if not then, yeah uh, so what do you think about dating multiple people at once the interesting thing about being single is that all of a sudden your calendar really frees up so you have a lot of availability no, it really does it actually does like when you're single so much of your social life is going out on first dates and then it's annoying because once you start to get into a relationship a la us it's like oh how many nights a week are you free and i'm like um actually all of them because <laughs> now i have nothing going on um but i would say if you want to date as many people as once for a first date that's fine but i wouldn't if someone's at date four or after, I'm usually probably just seeing them. Yeah, I think everyone has their own point where they start to focus in. But yeah, I'd say as many first dates as you want, maybe two or three people to kind of go on a couple of dates with, get to know. But yet to, to, you know, you have to actually remember details about someone and you yeah. know, it's hard to juggle more than that. Do you ever write down details about Always. people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
to John. After our first date, I was like, he likes Tim Dillon. He has a brother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, question number two is, I have a, hi, I have a Hinge profile, but none of the girls want to talk to me on it. I'm assuming this is a guy. I don't want to make assumptions. But anyway, am I doing something wrong? What do girls look for in a guy? Money and a big penis. So... <laughs> Make sure to put that in your prompt if you haven't yet. What do you say? So, well, there's a form like this. There's also a formula for this. Like on your Hinge profile, have like a nice picture of yourself as the first one. Make sure you have a picture of you with a friend, a picture of you doing some sort of hobby or activity you enjoy, even if it's like traveling. And be funny in your prompts. Also, like message me if you want actual advice because I love to help people with their profiles. And there also are services. I think some dating apps have it like built in where you can pay someone to look at your profile. And I'm not going to lie, I've paid for dating apps before in the past and people are always like, oh my God, that's so cringe. I'm like, you're finding someone who you're about to spend so much time with. Like, I hate to say this phrase because I think it's stupid when people are like, my boyfriend is my best friend. You're not my best friend. Bridget is. Anyway, but... You're about to find, like, your best friend. Like, yeah, I would pay money for that. If somebody asked me up front, like, would you pay $60 for the best relationship of your life? I'd be like, hell yeah. So why is nobody paying $5 for dating apps? Yeah, I'd say, assuming this is a guy, he's not the first man with this problem. This yeah. is an age-old problem, <laughs> yeah. both before dating apps existed and, and now. <laughs> Even in the cave, cave yeah. it's like, she's picking berries and not talking to me. And it's like, yep, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I'd, I'd say do some research. You know, we were talking about this the other night. That there's, I forget exactly where it is, but if you just Google it, there's some of the dating companies actually release analytics on kind of what works, what does it, and they're, they're pretty interesting articles. And there's tons of like articles from other sources online about you know what you should put in your dating profile, how you should um, interact with people on it, and then I'd also do some you know field research, run your profile by a few trusted friends, especially girlfriends, and get their take on it. Yeah. Um, but overall, just keep it simple, a couple clean photos, keep the conversations pretty simple, and I guess as you know as a guy, just be comfortable that you'll be doing a lot of initiating, but. Yeah. Also, yeah, show it to your girlfriends and your sisters, but not your mom. Because your mom (laughs) will be like, wait, he looks so cute with your grandma. Why isn't that your first photo? And you're like, you don't get it, mom. Or just just take her advice with a grain of salt. Yeah. Okay, the last question for today is, um, how do I get over an ex that I've been so in love with for almost five years now? I've tried everything, and I just can't seem to get over the relationship. He has. When I first read this, my thought was... um, Well, okay, there's two things. One is if you type in to Google nine subconscious breakup hacks fluently forward, I wish there was like an easier way to direct you to it. I hate to like plug my own shit, but there is a blog post I wrote a couple years ago and I stand by it so hard. I list nine different ways to help you get over a breakup or get over someone and they're all subconscious hacks. So it's not like go to the gym and start eating healthy because I always find that annoying. But I'll just share one of the tips on it that's my favorite, which is change your iPhone phone case and wallpaper Um, because that's like a subconscious way. You kind of mentally associate your wallpaper image with messages that you're getting from whoever you're seeing at the time. So every time I break up with someone, I change my wallpaper and it really helps me to forget (laughs) about them because I'm not looking at that image that I saw every day when they would FaceTime me and when they would text me and things like that. So check out that blog post and then my immediate first thought was get under someone like it could be metaphorically you don't have to be having missionary style sex with someone but but i'm basically saying like get under someone like go out on a first date even i think we've all had moments where after a breakup and you're like i'm not i'm not over my ex but i do want to get back out there and that first good date that you have where it's like a little bit of flirtation and they kiss you after they walk you home you're like i'm not even thinking about my ex right now and you just need to build up more moments like that until not thinking about your ex becomes like second nature and i think use someone like use someone get with the guy who no one is talking to him on hinge and find him (laughs) and you two could get together what would you say yeah i mean same advice i think it's from the question it's hard to know like is it has it been five years of not talking you're still thinking about this person or or is it has it been more of an on and off thing but i think in either case yeah to your point of getting on its own you know go out make some new relationships and i think also specifically john you have some single friends 
I do. So I do. these are supposed to be anonymous questions, but maybe you I know, know, and I don't know who it is, but slide in, and, and if you're in New York, we could set you up right. with one you of John's. A, a meetup for people who submit the questions. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is, I, I think just also like look at your day and evaluate, or your week, or whatever. Evaluate how much time you're spending like pining for this person or thinking about them, and then try to actually replace that time with doing stuff that's good for you, like meeting new people or going to the gym or, or a new hobby or whatever, and try to. Oh, try to yeah don't it's don't spend analytical. too much time on it i remember too i read a book where it was like and this was for someone people who are in unhappy relationships but basically they were saying write down a list of things that you love to do i just wrote a blog post the other day of like a hundred like nine things i'm always in the mood to do and they were like basically every time you think about your ex replace it with something you sincerely enjoy and it has to be like something you actually enjoy I feel like a lot of times we're like oh what do I enjoy scrolling on TikTok for an hour and it's like no 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 like putting on music and dancing in your room reading a trashy romance novel playing the sims like I'm talking about wholesome things that you truly enjoy not just like scrolling social media anyway so they were like anytime you think about your ex or a problem just like literally replace it with something wholesome that you like to do anyway also also I think you should get with the hinge guy from the question earlier because I think that would be a cute little couple coupling up okay um, any final thoughts for anyone no good luck out there yeah I know it's it's rough out there but it's also great out there so if you have any questions um, feel free to write in and to the person who did write in about old Hollywood blinds I do just want to say I've been obsessed with the podcast Beyond the Blinds, and they also have Patreon episodes, and they are covering fantastic blinds too, so just give them, give them a peek if you're interested in more stuff, because I've been really enjoying their content. So thank you for listening, and I will see you next week for the next episode. Bye, guys.